0: All right, all right, all right, all right. What is up, YouTube Boxing family? What is up, gaming family? Everybody that has shown up to the show is at k out here. I'm back with another good show for you guys today. And we are here, about to talk this good boxing for you guys tonight. Um, Yeah, Combat Toolbag, he should be coming through, but I don't know what's going on with him, so I just decided to start up with the show by myself and, uh, yeah, see what happens. So... Yeah. Um Yeah, let's uh, get right into it, man. Um I think uh this is a very um interesting you know topic to get into for uh tonight's or last night's great night of fights. Um that's what I would say. Uh we had some really really good uh you know fights going on and um yeah, I enjoyed them. I had a really, really good, you know, um, enjoyment of the fights, especially from top rank. Um, before we get to that, let's um, let me just make my note for the crazy nonsensical YouTube fight card with the uh, Zone for Misfits. Um, I'm not really a huge advocate for YouTube boxing. Um, I truly believe that Misfits does not really doing any justice by trying to allow any way to get into boxing um i think it's really bad because what happens is that you do invite a lot of bad actors coming into the sport to do some things that doesn't really uh how should i say um it doesn't really invite any good uh justice you know for the sport um i do believe that like personally for me like I don't think it's right for anybody to get into boxing with no experience, especially if you're some big YouTuber, like, I don't care how big and strong you are. But um, honestly, the thing is, is that, um, you know, when you get into boxing, you should have a good good training regimen behind you. You should be very intelligent getting inside of the ring. Uh, That's why that it's called boxing. It's a thinking man's game. It's a chess sport. And it's the Ring of Fire. Um, with these YouTubers uh, doing doing that type of sport, or just getting into it, you know, with no knowledge of it, um, I think it's really not good for the sport. And uh, um, you're gonna end up getting yourself killed. So I think uh, a lot of these guys are not that good. Uh, the only fighters that I can that I can see having a professional style to scale would be guys like you know salt poppy aka busted breezy but uh like shit, i don't i don't even know if that's his real name but um now nah, like a Salt poppy um he has a good style maybe Suleiman Albahar some you know slim uh i think i think he's okay um he's not really let like the best fighter um i've seen a lot better guys and my experiences of going to the gym and people say ksi he's a good fighter but i don't think he's that good i think he gets cleared pretty easily um especially by opposition in his weight class uh i definitely know a lot of guys at 175 that can easily break him and make his life you know completely different uh where he would never be left the same like i think i think like my point is is like. You know boxing is a sport where Fighters do die In the ring And for you to take advantage of the sport And use it as a means to Try to be famous for something That you're not famous for Where all you're doing You're just getting inside the ring And fighting somebody that 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 you really don't have any business to be, in, to be in the ring with Like I understand like If people got problems with other people Like Granted, you can say what you want to say, but you can settle that without having to put it on a big stage. Like, like, like you know, that's why you have like, you know, certain areas on YouTube like street beefs where they have their own beef being settled on YouTube inside their ring, where you don't have to really put yourself on a big stage like the Zone or any of these networks that actually do work with actual fighters that really want to be on the big spotlight versus you know with these youtubers they're just hogging up at the sport i think i think it's really disrespectful for the fighters that really do want to be on the big platform and actually do what they want to do because what you just saw with ksi and this low level undercard it it, it, like it didn't really show anything honestly i mean you know like i'll even talk about some of the fighters here like lewis Pineda versus um <laughs> b day right uh i don't know too much about this guy but um like uh, for this guy from what i know he's a social media clown out of california and he just does like a lot of vlogs if i'm not mistaken but for a guy of this caliber to just walk into the gym and just start doing boxing and i mean i would have to say for most of these guys that do box i guarantee you a lot of these guys they're either not good or they got into the sport with very little experience and they did like six like at least six to nine months worth of training that didn't really do much and they're not good and I mean same thing with what the females you know I'll start you know shaming them you know in a minute but you know like talk like talking like about Luis Pineda versus B. Dave Pineda you know i looked at this guy's resume on boxing because he's not he's not a good boxer just to just to put that out there like he's from mexico but when you look at his uh, resume um he's a 23 year old mexican uh not that good um his last you know actual professional fight he got knocked out uh, by a six and one african guy um or actually yeah he was a six and one african he fights a welterweight right now. But um, yeah, um, he fought Pineda back in November and uh he cleared him, you know. He beat the crap out of him. Um, he he broke him and he knocked him out brutally in two rounds. Um Paneta has been stopped uh for a total of six fights consecutively. And you know, in his last like six fights to be exact, one, two, three, four, five, six. He's been stopped five out of six to those last Fights that, that he's lost Um actually no Um he's been stopped Like altogether he's been stopped six times In his career but within His last um six Fights he's been stopped Uh five Times out of his last six fights So I mean Either way like you know it just doesn't It just doesn't scale well on These fighters you know resume and you know they're uh, they're not good. You know they're not showing anything different. And I mean, honestly, man, you know someone someone's gonna get hurt. You know, I like I'm not I'm not like like I'm not like the one to tell people what they shouldn't be at liberty to do. But when you're getting into like a sport like boxing, you know, like I'll say it one more time: like you don't play boxing, you don't play wrestling. Those are the like those are the two sports you don't play. And and I will say for for wrestling, I used to wrestle in high school for two years. I had very limited experience, but I ended up being very, very good. And I will say, when you get up to the high level in, in high school wrestling, leading into college, you do not play like in that sport. Even if you are going to convert from wrestling to MMA, you don't do it because you want to know why. Because these guys are coming in to rip your head off because they want to be great, just like you. So to me when i look at boxing because like i do box and i've been boxing since since i was 24 uh back in i think like 2019 or 2018 but basically like all i can say is like i like i treat boxing with the same discipline that i treat with um getting into wrestling you just don't get into the gym and just say oh well i just want to spar this guy no you got to work your way into that You know earning to get in there so i mean for these youtubers you know they're garbage man you know they're not good you know it's all a circus jerk and um you know the rest of these fighters you know most of them did really bad i mean the only fighters that actually did good was uh you know salt poppy you know congratulations to him uh he blew out josh Bruckner. um he's a former mma fighter but you know he's not good in boxing either but you know that's really like the only good fighter out of this list and i mean ksi did pretty decent um it's funny because like Th- thomas Oliveira, uh the guy that he fought um he's called his temper um he actually uh trained with uh malik scott um and deontay walters camp so i find it really interesting that he actually made that like adjustment but i just don't think he's just that good like i like i don't know if it's just me but I think I think he really just doesn't have up the scaling as a fighter, unless he just just doesn't come in defensively responsible. But he did good in his last outing back in November, and I will say that you know that was like a good decent performance that he had against a low level guy. But uh, this guy that he fought once again, he's just a gaming streamer. His name is Over. Yeah, yeah, over T-Flow, so (laughs) yeah, he's not that good, you know, he's just, he's just like your typical, like, you know, guy who rolled out of bed just to fight somebody, but I mean, credit to him, you know, he, he went out of his way to fight KSI on 14 days notice, but I think, honestly, you know, if he had, like, a full camp with, uh, like, uh, with uh, Malik Scott, I think Malik Scott would transform his style to be a lot better, because I think, I think KSI, honestly, if he had an opponent um a lot better to be prepared with them that definitely would have been a lot better because dylan danis was supposed to be the opponent and um he pulled out i don't know why but yeah that was pretty stupid of him to do that but um yeah i mean ksi you know you know he's yet to be he's yet to be you know determined if he's going to be a good fighter but i don't think he's ever really facing any killers like i said but yeah most of the youtube boxing roster is just a bunch of guys that are just rolling out of bed just fighting each other for the sake of you know like how to say it? for you know public you know social media you know publicity but yeah my uh like my own like uh, for you know like my final thing that i'll bring up with uh, the you know for like, the females with uh l brook and faith ordway um i don't like the fact that women are getting into it because now i understand why this is like a circus jerk and you know again you don't play boxing but it's like you know it, you know for the amount of stupidity that these people have gas gaslighting themselves to think that you know they're you know they're going somewhere like you know i'm um, with it um i don't you know i don't see anything successful doing this because you know you could easily get yourself killed doing it but um yeah with l and faith definitely keep away from boxing I think I think for women, at least, you know, women should not be encouraged to get inside of the ring and fight because, you know, like like as soon as somebody gets killed and especially if it's going to come off of what the female side, I think that's a bad way to introduce boxing, you know, and that's, you know, um, in that field, you know, where, you know, women can easily hurt themselves. But um, I don't I don't think honestly, you know, if you're coming in with inexperience. And you don't have headgear fighting each other, you know, in a YouTube card, then I just don't see that to be right. But especially if you're doing that three-minute, two, like you know, three two-minute, uh, like a two-minute round BS, like I don't, I don't think that's fun. I, like I think, I think that's really dumb, especially without headgear. And you know, you've never been on like a real professional fight before. But either way, with these women, get them out of here, man. A Faith Ordway, like, I'll, like I don't know anything like about her, but. Um, from what I know, from what I used to hear, I think she was with uh, Ryan Garcia's gym at one point, and like I think when Ryan was training for the Luke Campbell fight. But other than that, like she's a social media star, so she's not really interesting. So she uh, like uh, she doesn't really have any, you know, um, how should I say? It? Like she doesn't have any background in, in, in boxing and from what i heard from from what she said she was training um over in puerto rico with logan paul or jake paul like i think i think that like i think that was of like, the dumbest thing that she probably ever did because for one she doesn't know how to box and two she she had all the advantages over l brook and honestly like i said like i think honestly with these fighters if you're gonna get into the sport um you should really be seeking out a real good trainer you shouldn't be seeking out These trainers that are with YouTube boxers like Jake Paul, I think if you really want good, like really really good training, you know, especially if you got like the financial, you know, resources for it, you should really go seek trainers like a Derek James, a Malik Scott, or Coach Nelson, like like Coach Nelson Rodriguez down in Florida. Like like I think those coaches can easily get you to where you need to be, but just don't get into the sport and start making like a mockery out of it. And you're going to end up getting somebody killed or you're going to get yourself killed. So, I mean, that's pretty much it with what I have to say. But YouTube boxing is bullshit. Anthony Taylor, get out of here. You're fucking garbage. Um, Idris Virgo, garbage. He's actually a, a real professional fighter out of the UK that fights at 175. And he decided to fight Anthony Taylor, a MMA fighter that's not good at all. And he just... Blows him out, but it's just like you know, um, he's not good, like you know, like uh, 99% of fighters that fight on misfits on the zone are not good, but yeah, that's my thoughts. And hold on, give me one second. Um, I'm gonna bring combat tool bag on, but I'm trying to work with him. Uh, hold on, uh, try six times, not under my YT. Um, we can't. You can't join, join them. incognito. Uh, hmm. What's going on? Right, hold on. Give me one second, guys. All right. So yeah, give me one second. Um I'm gonna get get my tapeology pulled up and then I will be um, you know, talking about uh, whatchamacallit. Um I'll be talking about the top rank fight that happened. But um yeah, let's uh, talk about the top rank fight. Um we have uh whatchamacallit? Um gimme Give me one second uh let me just get the event pulled up and then i will give you guys the details of what's going on but uh all right yeah i got the uh boxing you know details of the card here but yeah let's talk about it um yeah let's talk about dante benjamin versus emmanuel austin um I think this is a very very good fight um Dante benjamin you know he, he he performed you know very very well and uh i don't know what happened per se but um i think i think emmanuel austin he he just took really bad blows and it, he just made like the fight harder than for what it had to be and um i think i think honestly um you know he just got caught into the mix of the exchanges and dante he blew him out and uh you know that was, was a good victory um i think dante did very good and uh it uh top, uh top rank is like top rank is really moving him very well he's not like he's not definitely you know wanting to get easy touches now and i think uh this is not the proper matchmaking that you do for like a fighter that wants to be great hold on give me one second um can I call you on IG? Can chat on, on here, on here. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, you know, what's up with uh combat, man. Man, I wish he was on, man. But all right, but. Yeah, either way, Dante did a thing, man. It was a good performance. Um, I wasn't really too, you know, hyper satisfied with, you know, the opponent's performance. Um, I think I think the opponent could have done a lot better. And I think honestly, uh, how you know how the fight you know was conducted, it was just not really a good um, look on Emmanuel Austin's case because. I mean he was an undefeated guy and i mean you know before you know losing to dante um he's been fighting really like weak you know competition so i mean you know he's out of louisiana he fought a bunch of nobodies um he fought like really like absolutely just guys with losing records and uh he wasn't really getting any better and i mean granted you know you knocked everybody out but you know, I think I think this is like the you know matchmaking gone wrong. Uh, I think I think Emmanuel Austin didn't really expect uh, Dante Benjamin to come out of his way and actually stop him. But um, I think I think it just was a matter of time for Dante to just you know come in there and just you know do you know do what he had to do. Um, he has went the distance twice, so. I think uh, Dante—he's in a very good position to do that. Um, I think I think it's good that Top Rank is now giving Dante more rounds for him. And by the way, this is his first six rounder. So I think um, now that Top Rank is Top Rank has given him five five fights. Um, I think the best opportunity right now is to just keep him more active with the six rounders and then elevate to 10 rounders or eight rounders, depending on how fast he goes. He's like, I mean, like the crazy thing about it is that um, Dante Benjamin, he's only 20 years old. Uh, He's an absolute monster. Um, He has a lot of experience with his um, amateur pedigree, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean that like, uh, that really doesn't matter. Um, I think honestly, just, just just from the fact that He trains with like a lot of good Fighters out in the Cleveland Ohio area in which You know he's not far away from like Jared Big Baby Anderson And all those other guys in the Ohio region um, I think it just shows that you know he's a Very special fighter And um, I, think, I think He's going to scale very very high um, There's really not a lot of Guys at 175 that I'm really Too concerned about Um, I think 175 is a very easy division uh, because not a lot of guys from 168 are uh, coming up. So I think 175 is going to be one of those divisions where, you know, it's a hit or miss division uh, depending on who's going to be there, who's going to be a champion or not. Um, It's just all depending on how, how Dante moves. And I think where things are at right now, um you know you have like a lot of competition here that i'm seeing in the top 100 that i think dante if you really wanted to offer it to him um you know he could very well take out a a good number of guys um i i i I would personally say the the toughest fight for him or his, his tough fights you know in the um um in the future would definitely be uh guys like um joseph george um he's a beast um he's out of houston texas you know he's a monster uh he obviously lost to Rico santana back in december 11th uh he's a tough cuban guy but um yeah you know that was a you know a pretty tough fight for him from what i heard and um i think another tough fight would definitely be um, Hakeem Lopez, um, he's the older brother of of uh, Najee Lopez, who fights a cruiserweight. So, I think that'll be a tough fight somewhere down the road. Um, um, I'm not too sure about all the other guys. I mean, you know, you um, guess you have uh, Khalil Koh. I think I think him and Khalil will definitely cross paths. Um, I think you know he can he could very well face it. Um definitely all the other guys like uh who else? Uh guys like Richard Van Sicklin. Um that's a good fight in in the future. And um or the other guys at one hundred seventy five. Um, you know, you also got a you know, Obaro. Um I think he's gonna definitely be in the rafters of good one seventy five pounders. And um, there's another good fighter. Um his name is Eric Mergia. Um he's a pretty good fighter from what I hear out of the uh, California region. Um He fights at uh, 175 and um, he um, he lost his recent fight with um Ali Isamalyev. Um that was a, a scheduled 10-rounder and um, I think I know this guy think i've seen him fight before but yeah um i guess that was for a ibf title placement so i'm pretty sure you know he was trying to get up get up there to get his placement for the you know for the title but uh yeah i think i think you know when it comes to world title contention um dante benjamin is in a very very good position and i don't see anybody beating him unless on- Unless it's by the names of Atif O'Barrellton. I think Atif will definitely him. Um, Eradigy O'Baro. I think O'Baro will definitely clear him. And i probably say... "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) I think there's a lot of... You know, there's mysterious names in this uh, division that we would have to wait until we see. Because... Like I'm not like I'm not gonna bring up anybody from 168 yet, because I think that's a, you know, that's like a little bit too soon to call for those guys to move up. But don't be surprised if like David Benavidez sees Dante Benjamin within like the next couple years. I think I think Dante Benjamin, give him like another year or two, at least two to three years maximum. Um, I think I think you'll start to see him at the world championship level. And, um, yeah, I think top rank is going to definitely give him that opportunity because, like, you know, 175 is a very quiet division. Um, It's like the middleweight division uh, at one point. Uh, It it used to be a very glorious division. You had uh, Bernard Hopkins. That was a very good fighter in that division. Um, I believe, like, I don't think 175 has ever had an undisputed champion Hold on, let me take a look at that. I think last guy um, at 175 uh, was maybe Chad Dawson, right? Um, Hold on, give me uh, one second. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Less Undisputed 175 champion. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Less Undisputed. Oh, boy. Sorry, guys. I gotta gotta take a look at this. Last undisputed... Hold on. Yeah, let me take a look. Was Chad Dawson undisputed? (laughs) Undisputed at 175. 175. Uh, let's see. He became the undisputed middleweight champion. Okay, uh... Yeah, that was back in... Yeah, got it. Um... Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out who who had the titles back then in the three belt era. But let me take a look at it because I know he like I know Chad Dawson was a titleist back in light heavyweight. But I'm trying to figure out where was his shine. Uh, yeah, he he was he was a champion at light heavyweight. But I'm trying to figure out uh, where where did he have. I don't, I don't think light heavyweight was ever unified, right? Like, yeah, like, undisputed, pre-belt era, 175, boxing champion, champion, kind of figure this out, man. Um, Oh, Leon Spinks? Hmm, maybe. No, 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 no. Uh, That was back on the heavyweights. I'm trying oh yeah, yeah light heavyweight okay um yes got it so let's see I'm trying, I'm trying to look it up through through uh, whatchamacallit um yeah Spinks undisputed status ended when he was stripped of the WBC light heavyweight title yeah that that was back in like no no Michael Spinks no yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Maybe Roy Jones Jr. No, I don't think so. Hold on, let me take a look at it. Roy Jones Jr. I think. I think he could have been the last undisputed champion. Hold up, I'm trying to look this up, guys. My bad. Uh, I know he. I knew he was a champion at 175. Uh. Yeah. No. WBA. Uh, IBO, no, no, not the IBF. Yeah, they're, yeah, the WBC and the WBF, but no. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think Undisputed was achieved at late. Actually, no, no, I think, I think, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he, he, um, he was, um, the last three belt era Undisputed World Champion. Um, Uh, back in 2002 when he defeated Clinton Woods um, well actually no like back in 2000 hold up I gotta (laughs) I gotta go right back up here and find it Um, he beat Reggie Johnson yeah so back in 1999 um, Roy Jones Jr. beat uh, defeated Reggie Johnson to become undisputed in the three belt era Um, you know after he beat Reggie and then he, he defended it, like, uh, how many times? He defended it one, two, three, and uh, hold up. Hold on. Reggie Johnson, one, two, three, four, five, and six. Yeah, WBC, yep, six, and then seven, uh, yep, seven, and yeah uh he he basically did (laughs) um i don't know if this is correct but if anybody is watching um i'm reading that like you know on roy jones jr's box rec, he he was undisputed at 175 in the three belt era because uh correct me if i'm wrong for any listeners or future listeners watching the three belt era ended it ended in 2006 of that following june or may when the WBO was considered as a fourth belt for undisputed terms so uh this is way before 2006 this happened in the two, early 2000s era during 2001 four, yeah 2000 uh hold on 2000 um whatchamacallit yeah two. yeah during night yeah during 1999 to until roy jones moved up to uh heavyweight in 2003 so yeah uh um yeah um i would assume light heavyweight was unified by roy jones jr for undisputed in the three belt era up until 2006 until the wbl made made it a actual thing for you to have it to be considered undisputed so yeah i would yeah i would say right now um there is no like like you know unified undisputed four belt era champion the three belt era champion was um roy jones jr he was at the last person to unify the division but in regards to dante benjamin um he's in a very very good spot right now um i think where he's at right now um he's going to get a lot better um he's with a really really good camp um i don't think anything he does from this point on is going to stop him Um, I think he's going to go all the way Um, I think he has all the tools and the makings to become a very great fighter Um, I really wish I was there to see him fight Uh, obviously I moved out of New York like you know like I'm down here in Florida but um yeah you know Dante Benjamin at the turn and silk casino I would assume that you know that would have been a monstrous night of boxing in person uh turn turnstone's a decent area i mean i think boxing needs to be expanded more out of that new york region uh up to the upstate region definitely out in saratoga albany uh definitely bring it to those areas i think i think boxing can easily dominate in upstate new york out in albany or the albany region leading up to the capital district but i think i think if you're like like if you really want to see big you know big time sports I think Albany can definitely deliver because Albany used to be really big on boxing, and I don't know what happened as far as uh, the marketability with it. But I think uh, bo- boxing would definitely, uh, you know, rise again with, uh, you know, with the sport, you know, coming back to, you know, coming back to its old roots, uh, bringing it, you know, uh, back alive. But um, yeah, congratulations to Dante Benjamin. Amazing fight. He did a very good job. And, uh, I think his, uh, glory to 175 is going to be a massive, um, you know, beginning to a brand new, uh, 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 to a brand new, um, whatchamacallit era of, uh, 175 pounders. Um, yeah, let's talk about the next fight with Bruce Carrington and Juan Antonio Lopez. This is a really, really good fight. I had a lot of fun watching this fight. Um, I think this fight was a very good fight. Um, I think it was really good to see, um, you know, what the fight in, in action and, um, yeah, you know, I think, I think it was good that, you know, that everything came into place and, uh, there, you know, there was a lot of things that, you know, could have been better from Bruce Carrington, but either way, um, you know, the fight was still a good fight. And uh, yeah, I think bruce carrington. He did it. He did a thing. Juan Antonio lopez You know came to fight came came to give him some some heavy loaded shots and um I think the fight itself Definitely could have went either way But I think um, bruce solidified the rounds that mattered the most Um at best I had a four rounds to two. I think You know, that's a fair score um i think juan antonio lopez um he lacks consistency with making adjustments when a fighter is um outboxing and uh you know that's the biggest problem with him um (coughs) he's not really defensively you know responsible with making adjustments and honestly that's how he ends up putting himself in a bad position To lose a lot because the issue with him is that he thinks so much about trying to go in there and trying to get the upset victories but i think i think it's just really bad matchmaking with him um he's not putting himself in proper fights where he can be game to be a good fighter but i think he's i think he's deciding to you know become a uh whatchamacallit a um a journeyman per se or just a gatekeeper because you know he's fine with getting paydays that would get him to a level of him not not being paid you know efficiently but at least he's getting paid you know decent fights so i don't know how much money that is but i think um like i just don't think it's a really smart thing to do cuz you know you, like you know um you're taking a lot of damage just to get beat up and you're not really gaining any reward with it, so uh, I'm not too sure what he's planning on doing. But uh, I think I think it's kind of time to either, you know, find some adjustments in your career, or just hang it up. But I just, you know, I just don't like seeing fighters get beat up for the sake of just being there, just to get a paycheck, just to get beat up. So either way. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best. And same to Bruce Carrington. So let's move on with the next fight with Brian Norman Jr. versus Rodrigo Correa. Um, this is a very good match. Uh, I had it six rounds to two, Brian Norman. Um, that knockdown definitely played a huge difference in the fight uh, early. But honestly, you know, you could have really given it yeah, like um you could have really made this fight more of a closer closer fight. If this fight was a lot more closer, I think Brian would have won by split decision. But the fact that he won by a knockdown, I think that played a huge difference. Um I would definitely say arguably it it, it definitely was a either you could say it was a three rounds to two difference. But I would definitely give it six rounds. Actually no, I would say five rounds to three. I say five rounds to three. If we're gonna make this a closer fight, five rounds to three just because of that knockdown, because the knockdown made a difference. If if there is no knockdown, I think I think I think this fight could have been a draw. Um I wasn't too like, I'm not gonna be rude about Brian's performance. Uh you know, I'm gonna you know, say this at a true you know true hard love like i think Brian did not a good performance but he got the job done against a very sturdy opponent in which honestly don't be surprised like if you know if if uh you know rodrigo comes out and starts winning a lot more in the future because i think he has a great style because for one even though he's a southpaw and he's very he's very he's very durable and he knows how to put himself in position to win um or to put himself in position to make a fight competitive i think if coria if he had more power to his arsenal uh this fight with brian norman wouldn't have ended the way it ended i think coria he has a great style but he just needs to start utilizing what he's good at and what he's good at doing he likes to roughhouse a fight to make it competitive but i think the biggest weakness with him is the footwork um he allowed brian norman to press him every time he was fighting with him and what he should have done is that he should have moved around the ring to force norman into a shot that he wanted to do because i understand like you know when you're fighting a southpaw and you haven't fought one in a long time Um, I think what Brian Norman's detriment in this fight was just like the fact that you've never fought a southpaw within almost a year because you know remind you uh his last fight was back in December of 2021 uh this is 2023 so this whole 2021 to 2023 is just not a good look um I think this is really bad like Uh, this is just bad management like i like i think honestly if you were active and he had more fights under his belt in which at this point of his career like he needs to step up to 10 rounders like you got 23 fights now so i would expect uh you know the team to definitely consider 10 rounders i don't i don't know what's going to be the plan but um if he wants to go the distance a lot more um because, like, I think the problem with Brian Norman is that his stamina is very, very vulnerable. And even though, like, it's not shown yet in fights that he can actually go the distance yet. In which he can go the distance. But what I'm saying is, like, when you look at him fight, he's not, like, he's not a late game fighter yet. He he, he needs to develop the late game strategy. Because Coria, he can, he can go late game. Like, he still had gas up inside of the tank. And like I said, if he had power, this. Oh man, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, if Coria had power, this fight would have never ended the way it did end, because Coria, he has a very he has a very difficult style, that nobody didn't see last night, and and from what I saw, Cor Coria presents something. That not a lot of fighters want to deal with when it comes to a very tricky southpaw. Granted, he did not perform the way he wanted to, too. Because the fight itself was a very roughhouse type of fight. But I think the reason why it was like that was simply because Coria, um, he's been out of the ring since. Yeah, he's been, <laughs> he's been out of the ring since June. So he's been waiting on a date and you get into a fight with brian norman so i think i think that was just absolute no-no like you should have at least had a fight in by like maybe september or maybe october i think i think september definitely would have been a better date and then heading into the heading into the new year um it would have made him a lot more fresh because i think the problem with some of these fighters when you take like almost like a six to seven month layoff like you don't look good coming back in like i think once you get get past that six month window into your next fight like that's not making you any better like i don't like i don't believe in that like i think yeah you know if you're gonna stay active like you should like you should at least get five to ten fights a year if you like if your body is fresh enough to handle it i like i personally think it's good to at least get five fights a year but if you're, like, facing, like, a bunch of low-level comp and you want to face, like, 10 opponents in a row, then, yeah, I don't I don't think that's a good idea. Like, I don't think that makes you any better, especially you padding up, like, your record. Because uh, that's how Jeron Ennis, he did it. Like, he he just started fighting guys out of nowhere. And, you know, I think that's why everybody kind of hypes up at the knockouts. But, I mean, if these were, like, certified competition, like, you're fighting guys that are good, good, then i would then i would reduce the uh ring activity by at least like five fights a year five or six fights a year like if you're going up against sturdy opposition but um yeah with uh rodrigo Corio like he's you know he's a good fighter man like he he's fought guys like peter dobson uh you know that was a very tough fight um he um he's went the distance twice in his in his first two ten rounders that was back in 2021 um he fought jose alberto vargas and he fought adrian marcelo Sasso. uh these aren't really you know high level fighters but you know, argentina you know they have really good opposition when it comes to the fighters that are going 10 rounders so um it's good that he did go the distance and uh two 154 pound fights so it's not bad i mean I don't think he like I don't think this guy is like a welterweight, honestly um they did fight at a catch weight of 149 if I'm not mistaken that's what I heard so I mean it's good that Brian and this guy came to the that weight but I think at 147 this fight definitely would have never ended the way it did uh, I think I think like Brian he came in a, a little bit too muscular He was trying to press him too early. And I think he was trying to get that knockout so, so fast. And um, I think that's what caused him to kind of get caught up into getting with the knockout. And, you know, once he started gassing out, then that's when I was like, okay, yeah, this isn't good. Because Coria, like I said, if he had power, if he had one-shot knockout power, this fight probably would have ended by knockout, you know, regardless of who won. But the fact that he didn't possess any danger to Brian brian was confident enough to press him because he thought okay you know he's not he's not gonna hurt me but then again you're like you're getting tired so if you're getting more tired then that's going to engage more um thought out of your opponent to be like okay this guy's getting tired so i'm gonna bring him to the late game and then see where he's at because that's where brian screwed up he screwed up by exposing his stamina to korea and corey he was he was pot shotting him. he was like pat pat like he was he was giving brian like a lot of mind games to make him miss a lot of shots and i think honestly like if that was against any pure boxer puncher i just don't like that style that brian has where he just comes forward he doesn't doesn't have like a lot of defense he keeps getting hit every now and then i think that's a bad recipe for disaster and i would like to see that improvement next next fight around because even though that everyone tries to say, you know, he he's been lighting people up, lighting people up, and sparring. Um I think that's good and all, but from what we saw from last night, um, I want to see better performance. Uh, I think this opponent, even though he didn't do much to you, but he knows how to beat you. Like he knows, like okay, like you know, whenever I, I like like you know, whenever I go up against another tough guy like a Brian Norman. I know how to switch it up on somebody so yeah just like you know just keep working hard and i think i think brian i think brian's going to become a world champion but you know it's just fights like these that can easily expose you and it just gives people from all the other high level tier fighter fighters that are at better camps and people that study your film they use that as a as a like advantage to try to you know take advantage of you you know you know when you plan to fight them so i don't know if brian's gonna continue at 154 or you know he's gonna continue to campaign at 147 but i think um brian brian definitely gotta you know keep himself sharp you know at the upper echelon because 147 is a very deadly division and uh i think i think he has like a lot of work to do so all right yeah moving on congratulations to brian um yeah let's talk about it with the next fight we have uh, mr bryce mills versus margarito hernandez uh, i'm not sold on this fight i mean bryce mills i hear he's from syracuse people people were giving him hype but i'm not i'm not seeing anything good out of him i mean he's decent not the best i mean he's okay but you know he's not he's not really going anywhere in my books yet but I mean he only has four knockouts so he he doesn't he, he doesn't present any danger at 140. Um you know he he is a decent fighter but I don't I don't see any danger out of this guy. I mean I have to see more out of him but yeah decent top rank debut so I'm going to move forward with this. Um yeah let's talk about it with Haven Brady uh Jr versus uh, Ruben Severa um, I was pretty happy with this fight. I think this fight really showed a lot out of Haven Brady, and I knew that this fight was gonna be tough. And I'm happy that um Haven Brady did his thing. Um, he made Ruben Severa look very very average, but on top of that, Severa made Haven look human, and um, you know he broke him. He broke him in certain phase where Haven you know, he was able to regain his bearings when he was hurt. But um I think the issue with uh Haven is that Haven, you know, when he gets hit, like, you know, he doesn't he doesn't plan to like make any like adjustments when he's hurt. He tries to like go back in there and try to bang it out with you, but um I think I think in this fight, um Severa really gave him you know the hands and uh it's you know it's good that haven you know was in a very competitive fight but i think uh severa where he's at right now um you know he he's really trying to make a name for himself by fighting whoever so i think it's good that he's doing that but um i think i think it's only in due time until we get to see more from him because he's only 25 years old he's very fresh um i like the fact that he's he's fighting anybody you know uh there's another good uh colombian dude i forgot his name um i think he's from venezuela but um i'm trying to think of his name right now um hold on actually uh i'm gonna look up the fighter's name that he fought his name is jordan white and i know he fights at 130. Uh, yeah let me look at Jordan yeah Jordan short dog white um yeah it was Brandon Valdez yes Brandon Valdez this guy if you guys don't know who he is he's a very good fighter um he, he um lost a very controversial decision to Jordan White and I think with him and um who's the other guy Ruben Severa. They're not on the same level, I don't think so. But I think like, you know, when you look at like where they're you know, where they are right now, uh Colombian boxing can definitely branch off a lot higher if they continue to put on good performances to to get those big, big, big level victories. So um either way, like I mean they have great talent, they have great scaling, but though you know, those type of fighters that that come to fight, that come to win you know those guys definitely get my respect and um i like to see more from them you know uh very skilled guys they have a lot of heart they have a lot of determination and will so i think i think in in due time you know you're gonna see these guys come back again and um yeah you know like i like i personally like to see them back inside of the ring um more so uh yeah shout shout out to ruben severa you know he you know he's a you know he's a lion bro like he he you know he's a really dangerous fighter but um ha- haven brady definitely he definitely had a tough dog you know in front of him um and i think severa you know if he you know if he continues to fight like this don't don't be surprised if he pulls off like another edwin de los santos type of fight because You know, there's plenty of guys here at at 130 right now that that can easily get upset if I am. Um, I don't think there's a lot of guys on here that I would say that you know he can actually beat. But that's that's soon to be that's soon to be you know uh, determined. But um, yeah, you know he he um, he has a very good scaling. Uh, That's pretty much what I'm gonna say for him. So uh, hopefully, Ruben he can get another fight in for next you know fight and uh yeah congratulations to haven this is a very good fight i think frank did a good job giving him a very difficult opponent so yeah off to the next one um yeah let's talk about mr abraham el supernova versus adam Blue uh lopez um this is a very difficult fight and i was thinking that (laughs) This fight was going to be very hard hard, you know, to call. Um I I, I like both of these guys. Um, you know, Graham and Adam are, are very, you know, good, you know, pure boxers. But I think the difference between the two was just that no uh, Nova, you know, he had he had like a one hitter factor out of the fight. Um Nova is a bona fide boxer puncher uh adam he's more of a pure boxer um don't be fooled he's like you know you're Dennis ugas in a way where you know he doesn't fight like ugas but he's like one of those fighters is like you know you know if you try to play with him then he's actually going to take you down and he, he you know he'll actually you know expose you so i think uh the problem with adam was that he didn't he didn't actually make the adjustments when it was necessary to fight against abraham nova um i think that was the biggest issue with him um i think people thought abraham nova was just damaged goods after the robesi ramirez loss and uh i think adam he probably thought like this is like the easiest fight for him to to take advantage of because like you know don't get it twisted like adam was supposed to beat abraham nova because people thought like you know the dumb casuals you know in the back they're probably listening to this would have thought oh well Nova got beat by Robesi Ramirez but Adam he didn't fight Robesi so you know the triangle theory has to show that Adam he was supposed to beat Abraham Nova because he fought cool boy Stefan he fought Oscar Valdez but still he fought better competition so that so that means he should have blew, yeah. He should have blown him out, but it's like, you know, that's not true. Like, <laughs> you know, that's not the biggest issue that people fail to understand. Because, you know, styles make fights, and you know, you know, there's like a lot of good opposition th- that you go up against in boxing. So everything's a mystery in the box that you don't know until you get in there. But when you look at um, Adam Lopez's, you know, career, um. He's not a bad fighter, but the biggest problem with him is just making adjustments late game to fighters that are more heavily skilled than him as a boxer-puncher. Um, I think that showed with the Stefan Fulton fight, and it definitely showed in the Oscar Valdez fight, in which he actually was, he actually was winning on one of the scorecards. Um, he was winning 57 of 56, and he, he was only down... 56 to 57 and 55 to 58 uh to oscar valdez that was undefeated and he dropped oscar valdez um in round two and uh lopez he got down in round seven unfortunately it got waved off but um that was a good fight like that that was something where he like if he beat oscar valdez he you know he like he very well could have been next in line to get himself like a world title. Like who like who knows? Like I'm not saying that Adam Lopez, he's like the ultimate warrior out here, but it's like when you look at his skill set, like he 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 hasn't been afraid from, you know, lifting himself up with the tougher opposition. And um you know, um it like, you know, it's good that he continues to keep fighting tough opposition, you know back to back and uh he hasn't stepped back from competition um out of his last five opponents or like i i would probably rank his most toughest opponents to date is abraham nova isaac bugbe um oscar valdez and uh definitely louis coria and i would say jason sanchez uh that was a very very tough fight um, some some people say that he could have lost that fight because that was a majority decision. But J- Jason Sanchez was a very difficult fight for him. So uh, I think I think like the you know the fights where he had you know majority de- yeah yeah he had um he had majority decision victories over though, those were very difficult fights. So I mean his his uh, top top three fights that were that were very tough. I would even say even in his last fight against um um william Encarnacion at 126 um he got dropped like multiple times in that fight and uh surprisingly he still edged a unanimous decision so i don't know how he was able to do it um <laughs> but i mean congratulations i mean you know it, it kind of shows like he's not he's really not a bad fighter he he knows how to make adjustments to be victorious in his uh most difficult fights in his career but um do i think he's gone do i think this like this is like a farewell fight i mean i don't think so you're you know you're 26 years old um he'll be 27 in april you know his birthday is like three days before mine <laughs> so uh yeah you know like uh, we're um, april brothers but uh yeah like i mean i don't i don't think so man you know i honestly i would shoot i would shoot for the stars until your career is over i'd say like you know if he wants to be out before he before he turns 30 um yeah you have three you have a good three years left but if you want to like continue up until you're like maybe like what 33 34 i mean you have plenty of time i don't i don't see why you can't max out whatever fights you can get um obviously He probably thinks that, you know, if it's not worth it, then why not just, you know, make my own investments with what you do with boxing and go there. And and personally, you know, whatever he does outside of boxing, I think that's what he should do. Um, You know, like kind of like what Abraham Nova does. He, he has his own investments in real estate and he does whatever investments he does to make, to make more money outside of boxing. Uh, Yeah, go for it i like i think i think adam lopez you know should should really do that because boxing is not supposed to be a life life savings career you know this is a career where it's very hard for you to make a floyd mayweather type career because you have to fight all the tough names just to get to that level and that's very difficult to do because for one you have one life to live and two not everybody's body is created equal <laughs> to to take a lot of punishment to get up to that level and the money you make unboxing you should be spending it on investment versus just buying a nice good you know 50 rim type like you know 50k type of car or you know 100,000 type of car with your money that you made in one big fight no 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 like you should invest that money create a stash for it and 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 reproduce that money coming back in so therefore you're already settled and then once it's time for you to hang it up you know you don't need to worry about it because it's like you know it's like you know like it's just a boxing career you know what i'm saying like like obviously everybody wants to become a champion but not everybody can do that because it takes you know a special type of person to be there to become a champion so i think either way like if boxers started to invest their earnings a lot more outside of boxing then i think i think we'll like i think you'll definitely see a higher influx of younger fighters you know retiring but i don't know what you know i don't know what adam lopez is planning on doing next but um yeah like i wish him nothing but the best man i don't you know i don't hate him i think i think he's a good ass fighter um i would even say that right to his face like you're a good fighter You've been moved properly. You were not running away from competition. Uh, you did what, yeah, you did what you had to do. I, I mean, um, what else like uh, do I need to say? Uh, you know, you, you know, you fought the best, and you turned into, you know, one of the more seasoned veteran style fighters. But I think until then, you know, like you know, um, we're just gonna have to find out if he's gonna actually evolve a lot better because you know, for me, like, I don't look at losses to be a big deal in boxing. Like, I've lost before in wrestling, and I've gotten way better than my opposition that I've lost to. Like, I can I can tell you from my own experience, like, every time I lost, I kept destroying people. Like, I kept putting people down, and I kept getting better with my skill. Because why? Because I didn't care about my losses. I was like, okay, these guys are not better than me if we fought each other, you know, a thousand times. I know that I'm going to win, and You just caught me you know off of like a bad night so you know either way um you know i wish uh lopez nothing but the best uh shout shout out to abraham over once again uh that was obviously his birthday that night so happy birthday to mr at supernova out of the good old albany the way york so um yeah that was a very good performance man um where does he go from here um 130 is very lit for him right now, and (laughs) I really want to see him face any of the top 10s. I don't mind him going up against uh, Zelfa Barrett. Get him out of the way. Yep, I'm calling him out. Um, Let's go after Robson. I'm not so sure about Joan O'Carroll. Maybe Joan O'Carroll. I think that's a good fight. I don't know where he's at but I mean there's plenty of smoke for a b man like he like he got 130 in a whole list of guys you know you got you know guys like um oh man Francisco Fonseca he still fights at 130 I mean get him out of it, the picture but I think I think honestly like like you know what the best fight right now for him would be um I probably say Thomas mattis yeah Thomas mattis. Yeah, that's a good fight right now. Thomas Madness and definitely go after guys like um yeah Yakubov. Yeah, get yeah, get him out yeah, get him out of the picture. And fight uh Lamont Roach. That's a really flame fight. That's a difficult fight. That that'll be one of the most toughest fights out of his entire career. Um uh I like personally, like, I would like to see Henry Moncha LeBron, but <laughs> As much as I don't like to see, like, you know, you know, like a Puerto Rican go up against another, you know, you know Puerto Rican inhabitant or whoever, uh, I think I think that's a really good flame fight for Abraham, and finally, um, definitely get Joe Cordina out of here, like take him out of the picture. Obviously, I would like Oshaki Foster because he he obviously did say that. His team tried to fight Oshaki Foster and Oshaki Foster (laughs) and his team didn't want to fight him. So, you know, I think, I think Oshaki Foster will definitely find a way to try to say, oh, nah, man, you know, you need to go get yourself like a belt. You know, you got to go fight me, you know, you know, when we become champions or some BS. So, yeah, I think, I think um, Nova, Nova's selection of opponents right now is very high in volume. So... Yeah, I say go for it, man. I mean, you're 29. You have a lot more time left, so I say at least like, you know, if he's trying to pull off another 4 to 5 years, um I think I think he can do it. I think I think he could definitely reach a bunch of titles before he reaches at the end of his prime. So, uh definitely like I would definitely say this year, you know, stay major active get like four or five fights in him and you know he'll be golden so yeah that's gonna be interesting to see and uh yeah that's pretty much it with Abraham Nova man that was a good performance I'm happy that he uh secured the victory and uh yeah we get to see more um greatness out of him so yeah I think uh that that was a very good fight um but he has a very good path for 130 um yeah let's move on with the co-main event in the main event with uh, jonathan rice and guido vianello um this is a very good fight uh johnny rice uh surprisingly was actually you know about to get screwed over in this fight with guido um, I was a little bit surprised that the referee tried to find a way to say that, you know, the fight was, you know, stopped due to like a headbutt, but um, there was no headbutt. Uh, Johnny Rice, he was jabbing Guido uh, to death, and um, yeah, you know, he, he was he was beating the crap out of him. I mean, you know, this is not the same situation with Michael Coffey, but just in a different sense because, you know, people try to find ways to say oh michael Coffey didn't deserve to get stopped in the fifth round but it's like people tend to forget like you know this is the heavyweight division like this is not no no other division like the heavyweight division is a very special division out of all divisions in boxing and um i think where johnny Rice is at right now um he's on a massive three-fight win streak uh great fights to be made in the heavyweight division for him and uh I think where he's at right now um he should really be gunning for guys like Dillian White um he could fight Derek Chisora I don't see why he can go out to the UK and beat him up um he could fight you know um he could definitely fight Otto Wallin. I think that's a really good fight right now um I think, I think he should really go after Dillian White. Dillian White in the UK, he knocks him out. Boom. You can make yourself big. You could get that pay-per-view money in the UK. You know, I know how all these weird UK fans try to say, oh, UK boxing is better than American boxing. No, it's not. But you can get a lot of UK money while you're there because the idiots that will pay the pay... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah the idiots that will pay for the tickets in the uk for a dillian white versus jonathan rice fight would be lit dillian white coming over here to the united states he would get absolutely booed on by all the black americans that show up to go see him get beat up but in the uk that sells at least for a jonathan rice fight so i think if i'm johnny rice I, like i'm I'm just saying if anybody from Johnny Rice's camp is watching you should really go after that dillian white smoke you should go clear hit clear his ass out and then come back to America and then you could fight a guy like I don't know like if we're talking like American talent uh this is a really toughie, but I'm not saying like go after no, <laughs> go after like some guy like Jared Anderson. Um, I don't know. Like, I think, I think a good fight, honestly, like, cause I don't think Johnny Rice, he, he's really wanting to go for like a title. But I mean, if anything, who knows? Like, you know, he, he, he literally said like the other day, like, he literally quit his own job just to, just so do boxing full time. And I'm like, why? Because, like, he he literally said, like, he, well, you know, this is, like, out of some word of mouth. But, you know, from the rumor that I heard, like, he quit his job where I guess he was some state worker of some sort. And he decided to um, go out of his way to uh, quit his own state job in which i don't know why anybody would do that i would take advantage of that like if you're doing like a good like eight to four thirty or nine to five like why not like i would i would easily you know find find a like find a good gym out of your area and train there and then you, you know on weekends you could probably like take a flight out to let's just say wherever for sparring like i mean there's you know there's things to work that out like i, I don't like you know i'm just like a believer in like if you don't need to give up your own livelihood to you know sacrifice everything for boxing i just like i just don't think that's a good idea i think i think you should always have a backup in case boxing gets cut short because you never know what happens and any of your fights you should always be financially uh you know like financially stable to have other careers lined up so you don't have anything falling back on you in boxing where you could potentially hurt yourself um but with that being said i think johnny rice um you know he definitely has a lot of good good opponents he could fight um i would like to see him and ah man i don't know i like i wouldn't mind a trevor Bryan fight i think that's a good fight or jerry Gerald, big baby Miller. Um, that's a good fight. Um, he could beat Jalalov. I think I think he'll wipe him out. He could beat Hovanesian, Jerry Forrest, that's a good fight right now. Um, but Dillian White, if he could fight dillian White, OMG, Dillian White versus Johnny Rice in the UK would make a lot of sense right now. And you know what? I'm actually gonna make a boxing edit for you guys for that. So to all you weirdo UK boxing fans, if you guys are listening in, you better go tell your boy Dillian White to send over that paperwork to Johnny Rice so Rice can be making some rice bucks over in the UK. Bring that Southern Feather over and bring on the South Carolina beaten beaters on Dillian White. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just go tell Eddie Hearn to, send, to slide over some paperwork and then get this fight made that's all that's all that i'm saying i'm gonna i'm gonna make like my edit to yeah i'm gonna make my edit tomorrow on that so (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna give you guys you know that you know information of like what i believe but johnny rice if you are watching please make the fight with Dillian white it makes sense right now but um yeah that's pretty much it with that um credit to johnny rice uh, he beat the crap out of Guido. Um, Guido was doing good, but he 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 just has no defense. Um, I think that's the problem. Like, if you had defense, you win. But I but I don't think that really mattered. I think his style was just about to get broken by um, by Johnny Rice. Anyway, so I think Johnny Rice presented a much more difficult challenge. For uh Guido. And on top of that, Johnny Rice, he's he's not no small heavyweight. Um, he's a big heavyweight. So he's like weighing in at like two hundred and seventy plus pounds. So all that weight and muscle mass on you is like yeah, that definitely tires you out. Especially what Guido was doing. He was trying to move around the ring and try to outbox him. I mean, that was good and all, but I think I think the problem was just that you were really trying to rely off of trying to get your shots in versus like trying to make the fight a lot more simpler and he should have just used a jab and start working the body and on top of that just move your head like he he wasn't moving his head he was trying to find ways to try to knock him out early and it just wasn't like that I mean yeah he had he had a pretty decent outing uh, back in Italy that's what you know that's what people try to hype him up over saying like oh well he's this 2016 Italian Olympian he, he's gonna be the next big thing and I'm like nah man like please stop like I mean yeah like credit to you 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 know you did your thing but I'm not like I'm not sold on that my dude like I mean no disrespect to Guido like you know I respect like, the brother but like bro like we already know who you are <laughs> like dude like people people are not going to be hype off of the amateur pedigree but that was his problem you know he you know he just needed to see see where he's at and you know he got he got served up you know johnny johnny came in and he he gave him he gave him you know a very destructive fight so um i don't know how long it's going to take for him to recover from that Massive eye cut, but um, I don't think that's gonna be anywhere near like three months. But I say maybe like five months. Yeah, I probably, I probably say so. I don't, I don't know any other other way to like really you know recover from that. Um, I would probably say at least six months. We at least six months. Yeah, but, yeah. That, uh, that's very much it with the coman let me close that with the main event i'll get up out of here for you guys uh Stefan big shot shaw versus fa ajagba oh man oh man my brother well let's talk about mr big shot first of all shout out to big shot shaw much love to the brother um big shot you are a monster my friend and you will always be remembered as one of the big monsters in the heavyweight division um I'll forever put you in, put you in my rafters for you know good all-time heavyweights uh, that you know that actually showed out in this current era but um yeah either way um, he should have won this fight. This is supposed to be the new era of American heavyweights on display and I think the reason why he lost his fight was because the politics didn't want him to win so, I mean that's just how I, I saw it. Um, I mean either way, like he didn't throw his hands enough that made it seem like people thought he didn't win. But this is boxing. This is not just rock 'em sock 'em robots. So that's the thing with Stephen Shaw. Like he did what he had to do to win, and he's not doing anything super superior on the level of him being successful. But the thing is, is like, what else can he do? And, um, I think, I think the thing is, is just like, you know, there's nothing else he could really do other than he did what he had to do. Like he did what he did to be successful. And, um, he managed to make FA Ajagba miss a lot, which that's what everybody fails to talk about. It's all about hit and not get hit. But I'm sorry, like, if you guys don't like boxing, then you guys should definitely find another sport. Because you can't tell me that Ajagba won any of those rounds because, he like, he didn't. Like, he, <laughs> he lost most of those rounds that everyone said he won. And, you know, Big Shot, honestly, to me, he, he I'd probably say he, like, eight round to two him. Like, he definitely won eight rounds to two, but if you want to be generous, six rounds to four, Shaw. Definitely six rounds to four. Like, if you want to say in the later rounds he picked it up, but I'd say for the first six rounds, Shaw clearly won the whole entire fight. Like, the last four rounds, you know, that was it. Like, you can't say, you know, Ajagba, you know, really won any of the early rounds because... Ajagwa didn't really do much he even solidify the rounds and shaw he was just more pinpoint accurate he was more laser laser sharp so in final closing statement i think shaw deserved the victory and i hope he becomes a world championship level fighter soon i think he deserves it um the heavyweight division is on fire with the up-and-coming black american heavyweight talent obviously not right now but um we have guys like stephan big shot shaw we have guys like dakari scott um you know you have you know some of the older guys you know you have a uh, mr trevor bryan he's definitely on his way um and then you have other fighters like um you know S- S- Stephen torres um obviously like i'm talking about you know american heavyweights i'm sorry but you know, Black American heavyweights. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's some other ones. Hold on, let me let me find the other Black American heavyweights. Let's see who's out here. Oh yeah, Jermaine Franklin. You got Jermaine Franklin. Um, you have uh, who else? Uh, I mean, you got Andrew. T- no, no. Um, Andrew Tabeti. No, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Man, I thought Andrew Tabidi was, like, Black American, but then I was like, nah, man. You know, he's a he's an African-Nigerian brother. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the heavyweight division is pretty, pretty stacked with the Black American talent. Um, it's only a matter of time to see them rise. Jer- Jeremiah Milton, he's a good one. Um, you have, um, who else you got? Who else you got on this list? I'm trying to find the other guy that's on here uh man I'm trying to find him um oh yeah yeah yeah. you have james evans yeah he's good um he's a monster he he knocked out giovanna's brunzone uh that that guy is a yeah, you know, he's a cuban killer uh shout out to brunzone you know them cubans are just monstrous uh lanier perro and his brother daniel perro absolute killers um yeah, I mean, heavyweight boxing in America is very, very lit. And I don't know any of these guys that I'm looking at on track right now, but mark my words, um, you got some heavyweights that are probably on their way up. And um, heavyweight boxing can take over, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, if we're just talking about American heavyweights, I could talk about Lorenzo Medina. I could talk about... Um, who else uh i could talk about uh, yeah i could talk about sonny Conzo. he can he can make noise um definitely guys like adam stewart um for veteran heavyweights like joey DeWaco he he's still a live dog in the heavyweight division um brandon moore i've heard about him he he's he's good he's decent um not the not the greatest heavyweight but he he has skills. Um and who else? Um I'm trying I'm trying to think about the other guy. Oh uh, man. I think um oh yeah, yeah yeah um possibly Richard Torres. Uh he might he might make a he might make noise in the heavyweight division. Um Dante Stone, maybe? yeah maybe dante stone i'm not not too sure but um yeah i mean i mean look the division is definitely getting better um i think i think the division's going to keep getting better as we start to see competition scale a lot higher so yeah that's pretty much it um yeah i don't i don't have too much to really say about it man i thought fa got dominated and i thought big shot shaw did his thing so yeah um yeah, shout out to big shot Shaw, man. He did a thing, um, great performance and uh I hope he gets uh, another big opportunity. Um I hope he can shine on another main event, you know, spotlight and uh you know we get to see him, you know, become champion of the world, hopefully. So but I think his uh I think his time's come. And he you know, heavyweights can can last longer in the sport, past like thirty three, so I'd say maybe maximum maybe five six years if he's wanted to go that far but i think his breakout years are gonna be like four years max so yeah we'll get to see what happens and uh yeah that's pretty much it so all right i will see you guys later i had a really good night you know talking boxing so i'll see you guys later peace out salute to the mighty mighty ldbc and twt family i am out peace out here's the outro goodbye (laughs) We'll be